New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Create time, reduce errors, and scale your profits. Now, if that doesn't sound like an awesome title to a podcast series, and I don't know what does. So welcome, guys. You're joining us today for the very first episode in this series, and I'm joined by an accomplished author, and he's been on the show before actually, Mr. Dave Jennings of System Hub. And he's just released an amazing new book called Systemology, which I have read, and it is an absolute game changer for small businesses that are looking to implement systems. Guys, you can get access to this book through the show notes, head across there. There's a link there which you can get, you can get access to it. Today, we're talking about the true cost of not systemizing. Now, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about why the owner is not is often the worst person to be creating processes and standard operating procedures. And then the last episode, we're talking about dispelling some of the myths around systems and how it can remove creativity within your organization and things like that. Dave is a guru. He is a communication wizard. And I must say, I absolutely love recording these podcasts with him because every time I do, I learn so much. And even after reading his book, I'm still learning stuff. So a big shout out to Dave. Please make sure you go and get that book. It's absolutely awesome. And we're also doing a giveaway of this book. There's a, there's a bunch of them we've got to give away, which you can probably see on the shelf behind me there. Uh, we're going to give them away in our Facebook community. So if you're in the Facebook group, head across there. When this comes out, there's going to be an opportunity for you to um, get yourself a nice hard copy, which has also been signed <laughs> by the man himself. So guys, uh, enjoy this episode. This is the true cost of not systemizing. Uh, I hope you learn a lot. I hope you can implement a lot. And I would love to hear your feedback and thoughts, guys, around this topic. So please make them known whenever you see this come across uh, social media, or if you want to reply to one of the emails you get about this episode, please do. Enjoy. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Trady Web Guys. Trading Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it guys, it is a customized solution for trade-based organizations and it's fantastic. Head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form and let's have a conversation giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Dave Jennings, welcome back to the Site Shed Podcast. Pleasure. It's been a while and yeah, I think a lot has happened since we last chatted, that's for sure. A lot has happened. You're no longer running a digital agency or <laughs> you're, yes, you now have a SaaS company. Yeah, we had a global pandemic. You you now have two children and you have uh, two books. So, (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, mate, why don't you? Why don't you start with that? Let's give us a bit of a rundown of the last couple of years and let us know what's happened and where you're at. 
It ties in well with those couple of points that you mentioned, which is uh, that's it. I was running the digital agency. I was doing incredibly long hours and doing the mornings and evenings and weekends and had a good-sized team of 15 and I was still very much the centrepiece of that business. I had trained the staff whenever they had a problem to come to me. I trained the clients whenever they had a question to come to me. I trained everybody that I was working with that I was the massive problem solver and I'd innovated and I'd developed the systems and the processes and the way that we do things so I knew things well. And it just meant that everybody was coming to me and and I couldn't get free of that. And it was hard because all of the success we were having was as a result of me doing that. Like we'd built up the business to a certain size and had that success because I was so driven to get a great result for the client and I was personally invested and that's one of the reasons the clients were coming to us. But then I got stuck. I tapped out on time, you know, and then that also put a ceiling on how much we could earn as well. Like the agency sort of started to flatline and then we found out we were pregnant and I had that that big moment. I thought, hey, I don't want to be the dad who's always too busy, not there for the kids and just always thinking about work, even though I work from home, it's a case of there, but you know, dad's not really there because his brain's not there. So I knew intuitively systems and processes were a big part of stepping out. I had some previous businesses. We had a rock and roll clothing music store where we franchised that business. And I had some other previous program. I used to be in the stock market education space. So I was well aware of systems and processes and defining things up front. But for whatever reason, I thought the digital agency was different. I thought, oh, that that won't work in my business. And it's funny, I bet some of the people listening to this probably think that as well. It doesn't work for me. The number of tradespeople I've worked with who go, oh, systems won't work in trades business. You're not going to get guys out on the tools to follow a system and a process. That just doesn't happen. And I had all of this baggage and it stopped me from systemizing. It trapped me in the business and wasn't until we decided that things needed to change for the kids that I re-looked at things. We systemized the business. I hired a CEO. I took some time out from the business. She successfully ran that business for three years where I would check in with her about once a month and I would, was getting quarterly profits. Got to the point where I had no intentions to sell that business. I thought this is the cash cow. We'll just let that continue to go and it helped fund the setup of a software company and the other side of things. And when I took my time out, then she got a message from the family and she had some things she needed to attend to. She flew back to the States, very short notice. And when she came back, she resigned. And she said, I have to move back to the US and I can't do this position. And I was kind of left in a challenging situation. I thought even... You know, system hub and systemology, which we'll talk about, was starting to take off. And I thought, even if I find the right person for the digital agency, it's going to take me some time to groom them up and train them. And my passion for that business had gone and passed. And I'm really all in on systems and what we do with systemology. We decided to sell it. And what was great for me is not only was I able to sell the agency Almost immediately, I think probably within the first five people that I contacted, I had two offers on the table and they were for good multiples of the profit. And both of them, or when I asked the guy who eventually bought it, I said, what was it that attracted you to the business? And he said, it was the numbers and then also the systems and the fact that I'd proven that the business worked without me for so long. And that's 
what made me realize the true power because you you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in business and in life. Like it's very possible that your key team member might get struck down, that you might get struck down, that something might happen that you can't go to work. And a lot of, I see it in the trade space, a lot of people, they are the job. Mm-hmm. So there's not actually a business there that's saleable and, and that reduces the chance to be able to pivot or have options when things go wrong. So I'm kind of now more passionate than ever about systems because I I realize you don't know what's coming. And not only is it important for you as the business owner to step out and build a business that works without you so that you can then start to grow it well beyond you, but then also it gives you those options if something happens. And that kind of gets me up to where we are today a little bit. Yeah, it's been a pretty interesting journey, I think, for you. But that excuse that you just mentioned before, like I hear it all the time and I hear it with clients. Yep, that wouldn't work in my business. Can't do that if I am the business. And for the better part, I tell them, well, you're 100% right. You are the business. And until you change something, it will always be that way. That's kind of a bit of a sledgehammer to the the back of the head kind of moment, I think, for a lot of them because they realize, well, like you said before, you've, I've trained my clients this way. I've trained, you know, you've dug your own grave essentially. So anyway, here we are today and you've just recently launched Systemology, your new book. And I was lucky enough to read the transcript of that and it was fantastic. You've been part of the journey. You've, I have been part you, of your journey. You've watched it grow. You saw everything from the digital agency and then watched the early formulation of the ideas when we launched System Hub and then which is the software platform. And then I realized what's really missing is the how-to. Like it's not the software. People want to know how do I do it. And then, yeah, you you attended when we launched the systemology and then you saw the transcript. So you've you've seen it right from the get-go. No, mate, it's great. I love all the stuff you you create. And I know our our listeners and stuff certainly enjoy it as well. And this book, obviously been following your stuff for a lot, for a while. I was familiar with a lot of the diagrams and things from from, from some of the workshops, but I think this book's kind of served as a bit of a blueprint I know we're going to dive into a, so a number of different areas in relation to perhaps not necessarily the book, but certainly some of the principles that we that you talk about within the book in this podcast series that we're putting together here. And guys, so you're joining us for the first episode of, of this series that we're putting together with Dave. And essentially, we've called it How to Create Time, Reduce Errors, and Scale Your Profits. That's the name of the series. And in the first episode here, we're going to be talking about the true cost of not systemizing your business. I'm sure that's something that most people are familiar with because most people are in that boat, right? (laughs) Yes. Funny you don't even recognize the true, true cost of not systemizing. I talked about that idea of, you know, where would I have been if Melissa had resigned and I didn't have a systemized business? I wouldn't actually have anything for sale. So that's part of it. But more than that, and I talked to this in the, the systemology book, one of the first stories I tell is about a guy called Michael E. Gerber who wrote a book called The E-Myth. And it's a fun story because it kind of begs the question, like, what would you do, the person who's listening to this right now, if your industry leader, your expert, your Oprah, what, what, what is a huge name in the trades space that is very well respected besides Matt Jones? I was going to say, I'd like to, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, maybe Scotty Cam, he's a pretty, pretty well-known celebrity, I suppose. So imagine if Scotty Cam came to you and said, 
hey, I've got this dream project. I would, I would love for you to do this video mini series with me, but you need to take three months off and I need you to come and invest that time into this project. A lot of people that they have to turn that opportunity down and just say, you know, my, my business isn't going to work. How am I going to meet the bills? How am I going to keep my, my team busy? Like if you've got some contractors or people that you work with, so they have to turn it down. There's a bunch of potentially opportunities that float by. Some of them you might be aware of, and then some of them, there's going to be a whole bunch that you don't even notice because you're so focused on working on the tools. And I I had that opportunity for me. My Oprah, my Cam, was a guy called Michael Gerber, and he knocked on the door and said, I want you to come and work on this dream project for me for three months. I need you to go all in on it. And as luck would have it, and it's like the universe had just kind of, you know, opened up and shone down on me and, oh, the angels came out as an opportunity there. But I had, I just, this is just after I'd had Nathaniel, we'd done the systemization and Melissa was running things. And then he pops out of the blue. He didn't even know anything of what I was working on with System Hub and Systemology. And he just said, I want you to come and work with me on this project. And I said, yep, no worries. I, I helped him launch a book that he was wanting to get out, the last book in his E-Myth series called The Beyond the E-Myth. And I volunteered for the position. Every time I say that to someone, they're like, what are you, stupid? The way I view it, it's a little bit like a game of snakes and ladders. Like I feel like you're... I'm constantly moving up the snakes and ladders and I'm just kind of like taking my steps along. I'm heading in the right direction to get to the top of the board. Occasionally you will land on a ladder and that ladder can jump you up 10 steps. You just have to be ready to be able to climb up that ladder. Most people don't have that opportunity. And I saw that as, Hey, this has been a bit of a game changer. And Already, and I'm already doing some new projects with Michael at the moment, but that experience, getting to write the book, and then having the doors that it's opened following that is my game changer. So the true cost of not systemizing for the business owner is all of those things. And whether or not it's the Oprah who comes and knocks on your door, or maybe it's, you know, the giving you space to write a tender to win a dream project. You know, you you might not have the space to do a tender because you're too focused on going out doing the jobs. What we need to do is figure out how can the business make money without the business owner involved and not dependent on any particular team member so that the business owner can do what they do best or at least have the choice. Like some some people you know, they they might want to take more time off. Other people might just want to work on higher quality things and, and level up and get bigger projects and build a biz- bigger business as opposed to really being tapped out with the time in the day. I think as well, like it's not a new conversation in our community or on the podcast talking about, you know, standard operating procedures and that kind of thing. And one of the big revelations for guys is perhaps not even necessarily stepping away from the business, but certainly removing themselves from areas of their business, which they are not best fitted for. That's a big thing. And this is sort of like, this myth, you know, whether it's all about for, you know, a lot of the guys out there, oh, you need to get off the tools and get off the tools. But, you know, on deeper inspection, a lot of our community revel in the fact that their time is best spent on the tools. They need to remove themselves from the other stuff, like the administration things, which you can essentially only achieve through, through processing them out, right? Yeah. The way that I think about business, business is a collection of systems. 
Some are documented and some aren't. For the ones that aren't documented, they're usually trapped in the heads of a few key team members. So whether that's issuing an invoice out, if if someone owns a trades business and they don't get excited by the idea of issuing out an invoice through zero, well, that's okay. How about we just create a little system on how that's done and then delegate that to an admin assistant that can end up doing it. It's so that the tradesperson can focus on what they love and what they do best and their time might be best spent out in the field going, oh, yeah, we should design it this way or that way or we should use that material or maybe it's negotiating the deals or you just have to find out where the business owner is strongest and then you almost want to remove the other parts of it and find the right team members who, who enjoy doing those pieces because there are people who love doing admin. So let's find them and let them do what they love to do. Such an important realisation for the guys out there. You don't have to get off the tools. Like if your time is best spent running jobs, fantastic. Get away from the other stuff so you can do more of that, you know, or quoting, you know, like even things like that. So there's such an unmeasurable element to understanding what the true cost is of not systemizing. You never really know, like you touched on it, but like there's so much of that that goes on and passes us by that you you can never quantify it. The other thing, because I've struggled with this question so much, mainly because (laughs) systems are important, but they're never urgent. Right. So someone will hear this and they'll go, oh, yeah, systems are great. I'll get to it later. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they never end up getting around to it. So I've been thinking, well, how do we move it up the importance? How do we make it a, a priority? And the way that I've, I've done it most recently, because you can't quantify opportunities missed. Right. But what we can quantify is having a look at your business, thinking in terms of improving certain parts of the business, you know, by, we call it, you know, Pete Williams actually gave me the great idea. He calls it 10% wins and he wrote a great yep. book on it called Cadence, but it's looking for 10% wins in a 10% improvement in your number of leads, a 10% improvement in, you know, your sales process and the conversion, a 10% improvement in, you know, maybe the reduction in your overheads, or basically you're looking for these 10% wins, increasing the likelihood by 10% that someone's going to come back and get a repeat job for you. By simply installing system, a handful of systems at each one of these stages, you can get a 10%, 20 20%. I mean, you can get many hundreds of percent improvement. It's just about allowing those then to compound on top of each other. And then you can very clearly calculate what that bottom line profit is. I, we just built a calculator over at systemology.com where We ask questions, how many leads are you getting? What's your conversion rate? What's your average dollar sale? What does your repeat business look like? And then we can calculate and go, by deploying systems, you will save or add to your bottom line anywhere between a couple of hundred thousand and 300,000 or whatever it is, depending on the size of the business. That's a great way to also go the real cost of not doing it. Yeah, in the process. like It seems like a daunting thing, right? Like people look at this and they go, oh my God, I need to systemize my entire business. And that is like really hard to picture. But then like you say, if you break it down into sort of bite-sized chunks, that compound. And I think that's really important. Like I know you're going to talk about this in the next episode where you've got your, you know, your critical client flow sort of framework, which is really, really useful because I think that takes that macro picture of something that is incomprehensible down to like bite-sized, actionable 
chunks, you know, and then that is comprehensible because you can go, oh, okay, well, all I need to do is the important ones and then slowly add on that. I think that's where people struggle, which I think is another reason why I love what you've done with this book, because you've essentially taken, it's kind of like a blueprint on how to do it. And I think that's a big point. I think where a lot of people struggle with the start getting started, you know, they don't know where to start. or they don't know how to start and they, they, they maybe overcomplicate it. And then like you say, they relegate it in the list of important things to do and then never go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I think the book's quite good because it does a good job of identifying where to start, what to start on, why that's important, you know, and, and the little exercises that you have to go through within the book as well. You know, they really make it sort of digestible, I suppose, for, for the guys, for the readers. There's a few things that I've realized the more that I've worked with companies to try and get this down. When people think of systemized businesses, they'll think of McDonald's and Subway and things like that. And thinking of business and systemized to that level actually is a disservice and does more harm than good because people think, oh, I need to systemize like McDonald's to run a systemized business. But McDonald's has been systemizing for 60 years and here you are, your trades business, where the comparison I I use, it would almost be like going up against an Olympic athlete who's been training their whole life to compete in the Olympics and they're a lean, mean, systemized machine. And here you are the flabby couch potato who, you know, hasn't got a system for, and I say this with love because I was that guy. I didn't have a system, just real basic stuff, issuing out an invoice or something. So how, how could I try and compete at that level? But then I realized we don't systemize like McDonald's is today. We systemize like McDonald's did 60 years ago where they got started. All of the systems are very raw, very simple to get started. Don't overcomplicate it. This is the Pareto principle, like the classic 80-20. We look for the 20% of the systems that deliver 80% of the result, and we just capture those. We don't try and make them perfect. I mean, you teach this stuff and have for many moons. You're using little screen recordings, whether it's Zoom or a Loom or an iPhone, just record the task getting done. I did this great one with, so there's a group called Portavac and they clean roofing gutters. Dave, very well. Yeah, there you go. I love, love that one because he is in the trade space yeah. and there was some resistance to will the team actually follow systems and processes. And he'd tried to systemize in the past. He kept on inserting himself into the equation, thinking he was the one that had to create all of the systems. We started working together and we applied systemology. Once we defined the handful of systems that he needed, we then nominated, there was a young apprentice that was working in head office. His name was Kane and he was like a young 20-year-old curious. He followed me through the process as we started working with some of the team members. And then towards the end, I sent him out into the field with a GoPro and he followed the tradesperson, like one of their leads tradespeople for the day, recorded them doing everything from setting up the equipment to talking to clients to entering the credit card details into the machine to sending off the report to head office with all of you know what they found when they looked on the roof. And he recorded a lot, brought it all back. We chopped it up into pieces and then that became version one of the system. Then we could watch the video, pull out the key points and we kept it very simple and we made it easy because if you go to your tradesperson or it's the person who's listening to this now and I said, hey, can you write a system or a process? Then they're not oftentimes detail-orientated people who love the idea of systems and processes. Mm -hmm. So it never happens. But making it a two-person job, that really 
helped change the game for him. And I think that's a really good segue actually into the next episode. So maybe we'll, what do you reckon, wrap this one up and come back in the next episode where we're going to talk about why, in most cases, the business owner is the worst person to document process. Certainly guilty of that. Uh, guys, if you have any questions or any experience with the reality of not having systems in your business, or perhaps you have systems in your business and you have great processes around it, we'd love to hear it. Hit us up in the Facebook community. Dave's in there as well. And also, we're going to do a bit of a book giveaway. We have some, I have some copies here of Dave's book, which he's sent out. We're going to do a bit of a giveaway. Head across to the Facebook community to find out more about that. I hope you enjoyed that show, guys, and stay tuned for the next episode. Bit of a cliffhanger there. We're going to be talking about why you as the business owner is probably the worst person to be creating processes within your business. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, you'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the, the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.